The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonhalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purview of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter or the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks so much for stopping by. We are so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, and we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. Our key for this week from our Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series is hope for the best, plan for the worst. Our moolah word of the day is asset impairment. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever had your assets impaired? <laughs> I know, heaven forbid our assets be impaired. Uh, so uh, stay tuned so you can find out if yours are and what you need to do to unimpair them. Uh, our minutes on your money today, five things you should know about your mortgage. Uh, so if you have financed Sukasa, you probably want to pay attention to that. Our trivia question is always based on a previous show, and last week's show was take emotion out of the picture for the key. So our trivia question has to do with last week's key. And today's guest, I am so excited. It's my girlfriend, my girly girl, my uh, professional and personal cohort, Chandra Bonfiglio, will be joining us. And uh, our Unlock Your Wealth protege is on the, the, well, she's not here. So she's, uh, I didn't want to say on the skids because she's not on the skids. That's a bad thing. She's on vacation. She's, yeah, she'll be, yeah, she's on vacation. She's taking a sabbatical from her money management. <laughs> uh, no, she's busy in studio knocking out her new album that she's working on. So uh, we will pick up with her next week. And as always, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress using these proven techniques to create unlimited wealth and happiness. Now, Insiders Club members enter automatically in our weekly giveaways, but what do you do if you are not a member? You would still probably like to earn great money management tools, wouldn't you? Of course you would, and let me give you the way to do that, and that's through our weekly trivia question. So like I said before, we always base it on a previous show, so if you're a regular listener, you get a leg up on the competition, but if not, never fear, unlockyourwealthradio.com is here, and all you have to do is surf over to the website and download last week's episode and figure out what the answer is. So you almost kind of like get to be like the lazy man's way because if the trivia question isn't answered during the broadcast, you can still try to win uh, because not everybody listens live. Many people listen from a podcast. So you can still win by sending in your potential right answer. So this week's trivia question is... 
We talked about knowing our motivations to spend and keeping this in perspective. So what is this? What do we need to keep in perspective when we talk about uh, taking emotion out of the picture and knowing what our motivations are to spend. If you think you have the right answer, you can win one of three ways. Call in, chat in, or email in to win. To call in, all you have to do is dial 1-866-966-9420. That's 866-966-9420. Or you can hop in the chat room if you're listening live. Hi, I'm here. Come visit. Give me your right answer. And then you can email in to win if you are listening from a podcast or driving around and can't do either of the first two things, all you have to do is email us at trivia at uywradio.com. That's trivia at uywradio.com. Good luck. And I think that uh, De Niro, our prosperity poochie, is reaching out to tell me he has the right answer. What do you think, Michael? I think he does. <laughs> Yay. Well, you know, as soon as I learn how to decode your language, I, um, I'll take your potential right answer. How's that? How's that sound, Ma in? How does that sound? Uh, so um, we have, there we go. One more, one more word. One, come on, you can do it. Yay! That's the right answer. So if you speak pooch, um, all you have to do is call in at this point because you are dialed in. So uh, what the De Niro, the Prosperity Poochie doesn't know, but you should, are five things about your mortgage. So if you crack a, a check to your mortgage company every month, and let's say you have a fully amortized payment, which means that you pay both principal and interest, interest on your mortgage is front-loaded. Actually, it's front-loaded no matter what, uh, because you pay, if you're interest-only, then you're paying interest only and your payoff all your payment goes to interest over the length of loan um, and if you are paying an, a fully amortized payment you pay principal and interest your payment is front loaded so seven eighths of that payment goes to interest and only one eighth goes to your mortgage your actual principal balance the money you financed so each time you make a payment in the beginning parts of your mortgage, you're paying more interest and less principal. So the time to refinance, which is a conversation we're going to have in a bit, is when you have the beginning parts of your mortgage. If if you are thinking about refinancing and it is in your financial best interest, which is a conversation for a later time. But under those auspices, if you are thinking of refinancing, it's better to do it at the beginning because most of your payment is going to interest anyway. You haven't even made a dent in your principal. But if your mortgage has been around for seven to 10 years or more, your payment, more of your payment is going to principal. And if you refi, you're going to reset that and you're not going to be spending as much on principal. Uh, but we have a solution for that, and that is our fifth tip on our five things you need to know about mortgages. Uh, so I'm going to save the rest of that for, for later. Now, uh, second thing you need to know, uh, negative amortization loans are not for neophytes. That is my N. N-N alliteration. Negative AM loans are not for neophytes. 
And what I mean by that is if you are a wage earner, meaning you only make X amount of dollars an hour, and it doesn't matter what you do, whether you are a professional, a clerk, and you're filing files, or you're digging ditches, or you're flipping burgers. It doesn't matter if you flip one or 50 burgers. It doesn't matter if you dig one or 50 holes. You are still going to get the same amount of money out of that hour regardless. And that is part of the reason why negative amortization loans are not good for certain people. So if you are a salaried person, meaning you make X number of dollars no matter what you do or how much or how often you do it, uh, then your income is fixed. You don't have the opportunity like a commissioned employee or a business owner who can go out and sell more widgets or make more money in the next pay period. And the reason why that's important is because negative amortization loans are, are given to people that usually have disposable income or wealth as a way to create arbitrage with the interest rate. So you borrow money and the the negative amortization means, uh, and I'm going to use these numbers to do the math in my head as I talk. Let's say you have um, a 10% interest rate, okay? And uh, a fully amortized payment, let's say, is a thousand, or, or your interest portion of your payment is a thousand bucks. So if you were fully amortized, let's say your monthly mortgage payment would be like eleven or twelve hundred dollars. Okay. And so the interest part is a thousand bucks. And you get this payment coupon that has um, different amounts. So you can pay a fully amortized amount, which would be like the eleven hundred bucks. Uh, you can pay interest only, which would be a thousand bucks, or you can pay the negative amortization amount, which is like eight hundred bucks. Okay, and so that two hundred bucks that you're not paying in that payment is going to be added to your principal balance, which means your mortgage will go up over time and not down. Now there is a, a law that says that they can't. Um, they can't run your principal balance more than 110% of the value of the home uh, or, or of the loan. So um, if you borrowed $100,000, you can't go over $110,000, okay? But it will increase your mortgage balance. And most people don't know this. They're like, well, why would I pay more? I could have more in my pocket. And these types of loan products which were out there, which were only supposed to be sold to people that have disposable income, are wealthy, or have a flexible income where they can go out and make more money if their payments go up. Uh, these loans were specifically meant for those people, as well as adjustable rate loans. And and those loans were given under the, you know, uh, create a doc loan, no doc, you know, uh, or uh, low doc loans that really put us into a financial crisis because people who should not have been in those type of mortgage products were able to buy products or buy homes and they were underwater to begin with because they bought them with no money down and then they were paying a negative amortization rate. So they ended up owing more money than their original loan balance and more money than what their home was worth during the crash. So it's a specialized product. So don't let anybody sell you on the low payment and the ability to buy more home. Because if it's not in line with your financial goals, it doesn't matter. Uh, three, principal payments only make a difference in the first seven years of your mortgage. 
Now, uh, meaning if you make an extra principal payment. So let's say you pay your regular payment and then you make a principal only payment. The only time they really make a big dent for you and really save you on interest charges is in the beginning part of your loan. Because why? Because that's when most of your payment is going to interest anyway. So a principal payment then makes a big difference. Now, dovetailing on that, the fourth thing you need to know about your mortgage is that if you want to be able to whittle down that principal balance faster, you don't need a company to do biweekly mortgage payments. It's something that you can do yourself, and it's very, very simple. And you can do it each month, or you can do it um, uh, uh, at the end of the year um, and save the money yourself. So what essentially it does, because there's 52 weeks in a year, okay, that means that there's 26 two-week cycles, all right? But there's 4.3 weeks in a month. So if you make uh, 26 half payments, it's actually 13 monthly payments. So that's where it comes into play. Okay, and so what happens with a biweekly mortgage payment is you take your monthly amount and these companies split it in half and you send them your payments. You send them your payments and they send your payments on to your mortgage company and they charge you a fee for doing that. But the reality of the matter is this. They're sitting on that 13th payment. They're collecting it out of each month, out of each check and then they send it in at the end of the year. But you can whittle down your mortgage balance even faster than that, okay? All you have to do, and and not have to make two weekly payments. If you want to do the biweekly, that's great. But all you have to do to achieve the same effect and reduce even more principal, or yeah, reduce even more of your interest balance is to make a principal payment of one twelfth more of your mortgage payment. So if your mortgage payment is $1,200 a month, and this is for the easy math, one twelfth of that is $100. Okay. And so uh, who knows what that is? Did you have some divine enlightenment with that bell? So if you have, if you take one twelfth of $1,200, that's a hundred bucks. So if you add a hundred dollars each month to your monthly mortgage payment, you are achieving the same effect um, of creating that, that 13th payment, but doing it monthly cuts the monthly, cuts the interest monthly as opposed to just annually with that extra 13th payment. So that's the way to do it. One twelfth, and you don't have to pay any fees for that. All you have to do is do a couple of math calculations. It's pretty simple. Uh, now, um, the best way, if refinancing is for you and you've had your mortgage for a while, you can save on fees and reduce your monthly mortgage payment with a little-known technique called recasting instead of refinancing. Because when you refinance, you're actually going and getting a brand-new mortgage. So it's a full loan determination. So they've got to pull your credit. You've got to collect bank statements. You've got to have pay stubs, yada, yada, new appraisal, all that garbage, right? And it's a pain plus. You've got to pay money. And then what happens? You know, think about tip number one. You've just reset your interest, 
you know. So now uh, seven-eighths of your payment is going to interest. So instead of doing that, if you've had your loan for a while, maybe you've changed jobs, maybe you don't want to go through all of that paperwork and hassle, all you have to do is call your mortgage company and say, I would like to recast or reamortize my loan. And all they do is they take the same time period that's left on the loan and they take the new principal balance and they take your existing interest rate and just recalculate what the payment is. It's that simple. And all you have to do is call your bank. They might charge you a paperwork fee, but it's much cheaper than what it would cost you if you go into um, uh, and do a full refinance. Plus, because it's an existing loan, it's not a new loan determination, so you don't have to go through and qualify for all of that stuff. So how fabulous is that? So those are your five things that you need to know about a mortgage. Now, I am so excited because we have C-Bond, Chandra Bond Figlio, and our key in our Keys to Riches, which is hope for the best, plan for the worst, plus our moolah word of the day coming up right after this. You're listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I'm Heather Wagenhalt. Stay tuned for more. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagenhalf. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Looking to take your game to the next level? Maybe you're restless and not sure what to do next in your life? If networking to elevate yourself, looking for inspiration, or being somewhere in between relaxing and making it happen, then the Women of Change Cruise is for you. Join a team of elite women who will take your game to the next level or help you find your game while surrounding yourself with welcoming, accepting women who will affirm, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life starting now. Space is limited. Surf over now and be a part of women just like you who refuse to settle for less and are looking to get more out of this lifetime. The Women of Change Phenomenon. Leave your own mark on the world. For more information about the Women of Change crews and upcoming events, please visit our website at womenofchange.org. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. 
Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah, Heather Wagonhalls, and it is time for our moolah word of the day. And as usual, uh, we don't get one word, we get a pair of them. So we have a moolah pair of words for the day, and that is asset impairment. My husband tells me my asset is impaired and I need to get on the treadmill. (laughs) But uh, perhaps your assets may be impaired in a different way because an asset impairment is an unexpected or sudden decline. Yeah, my asset is declining over the years. (laughs) In the service utility of a capital asset such as a factory, a property, or a vehicle. And this could be the result of physical damage to the asset obsolescence due to technological innovation. Um, And an example of obsolescence is a a home that was built like in the 20s and it was like four bedroom, one bath. Um, Yeah, like one bath. Yeah, four bedrooms, one bath. That's obsolete. So that's what obsolescence is. Um, And uh, it could also be the result of changes in the legal code. So for zoning requirements or stuff like that, you know, so it has to do uh, with inspections and building codes and things like that. Impairments can be written off. So if we use it in a sentence, uh, the company expects to incur an asset impairment charge of $89.5 million related to the divestment of HemoQ and oral DNA. And that's just a comparison of a couple of companies. And so if you are divesting and there is an impairment to the asset, you can write it off. So wouldn't that be great if you had an $89.5 million write-off? I think that that would be really super cool. I could use one of those. Yeah. Uh, And so um, that's it for your moolah word of the day. And I just lost my... um, Where'd it go? Dad gimmick. Yeah, I did. What are you doing with it? It was just like right here. I thought it was right here. Well, anyway, um, I have uh, Chandra Bonfiglio. If uh, you are a Facebook follower, you will see me refer to her as Seabon. She is going to be our guest today. I'm so excited to have her in studio with us. She is a master's level addictions counselor, certified relationship specialist, clinical hypnotherapist, professional coach, and the owner of Chandra Nicole and Associates in Scottsdale, Arizona. She is also the founder of Women of Change Leadership and Education Retreats, and her concierge counseling practice is made up of pioneers in the addiction intervention, coaching, and health industries. She's a top consultant in the country on addiction in the workplace, and she works with people through several mediums, in person, online, on site, and in her office. And now she is here to have a chat with us today. Welcome to the show, Chandra. Thank you so much, Heather. It's it's so fun having my friend and a colleague and now a guest on my radio show talking about something that is so near and dear to us because we spend uh, most of our waking hours working with folks helping to overcome spending addictions. Absolutely. We are a perfect partnership. 
Heather, it's amazing. They estimate today, the Journal of Consumer Research, that 25 million Americans, that's close to 8.9% of Americans, have a compulsive shopping spending issue. And with that, what's even more interesting, we always think it's women who are shopping. Women want new shoes. Women want new purses. It's equal. It's 50-50. Men and women are both compulsive shoppers and spenders. And to... Go ahead, Heather. Well, at 8.9%, isn't that almost the rate of depression in America, too? Well, I think it's a little higher. That's about the rate of people who go to get help for depression. And shopping is one of those depressive triggers. People get depressed and they decide that they're going to shop. They're going to shop their way out of their depression, but it just leads them to a darker and darker black hole. Um, and today, when it comes to relationships, money is the number one reason why people, why people get divorced. And, and we come to the table with so many issues, and we would rather talk about previous sexual partners than how we view money and what money means to us and the experiences we had growing up with money. Absolutely. I always ask clients who come in the same question. Tell me about your financial intimacy. And they look at me like, what? Well, if you can't be financially intimate, I mean, this relationship's not going to go very far. You have to be honest. You know, it can't be sticking the shopping bags underneath the bed, hoping that he never finds it or going to the golf club and buying new golf clubs and never telling her, oh, by the way, I just spent $1,000 on new golf clubs. It has to just be very open, very honest for a great relationship to continue. Yeah, I would totally get caught because my husband does all the laundry. So <laughs> so I wouldn't be able to get, get away with that. I could hide the bags, but he'd still find the clothes. What's this? You know, I um, I was raised uh, in North Scottsdale. I've been here for, I'm not going to say how many years, but you'll know how old I am. And since we're the same age, I'm not going to tell all of your listeners that age. Um, I was raised, you know, in North Scottsdale in a wonderful, wonderful area. My dad was very successful. And my mom taught me at a very young age, when we would go shopping, stick those bags underneath your bed. Your father's on his way home. So I was just raised in that environment that spending money and spending too much money even if you can afford it, was bad. So I, I can see how my spending changed over the years. And I could see how easy, based on how we are taught as a young person about money, how you know, it can just keep going, 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 especially when you live in an area that's very affluent and it's about what you look like, what bag you carry, what shoes you wear, kind of car you drive. It could just become more and more and more and more and more and more is not enough. But what's really interesting, Heather, it's not only spending with people who can afford it that's an issue. It's spending with people who can't afford it. There is no difference in the socioeconomic makeup of somebody who has a spending or a compulsive addiction. Addiction is addiction. It just happens in every socioeconomic group. Now, since you brought it up, since you brought up your own personal story about the spending, did it change for you when you were spending your money versus parents' money? 
Well, absolutely. I love to tell the story when people ask me to speak about spending addiction. When I was in my 20s, when I first started working and I was living with my parents still because I was lucky enough that my parents allowed that to happen. And I am Italian, so, you know, you either leave in a veil or a coffin, you know, that's the, you know, the Italian way. Um, and it was nothing for me on a Friday to get my paycheck and buy one handbag with my paycheck and one martini and by 7 p.m., all my money was gone because I had a safe place to fall and I never thought about what tomorrow was going to bring. Well, suddenly when I had that great gift of owning a home and realized that I was going to have to start buying my own car and um, the expenses associated with that, that all changed. So I had to, you know, learn the reality of, you know, all the things that aren't fun. Putting tires in a car is not fun. And it made me definitely change the way that I looked at money. It was hard. It was a real difficult change, but I still see it. I see it every day walking into my office. I see it um, every day, and uh, this still blows my mind. The average credit card debt in the United States is close to $10,000. And I think I, for me personally now, I, I understand how it can happen, but I would never want to be in that place again. Yes, I, uh, I agree with you because... When, uh, you know, I came from a different background, I grew up on the far side of town on, on the west side in Peoria here in Arizona. And, uh, you know, we didn't have anything. You know, a lot of my friends, they all had money because they were all farmers and ranchers. And, and so they came from wealth and, and I felt like, oh, okay, well, I wanted to have that too. And so, when I got out into the workforce, I just started blowing everything I could to look the part because I thought it was more important that I looked the part. And so I would finance my Ferragamos. <laughs> and I figured, Absolutely. I figured I can make the minimum payment. So that must be, I'm good, right? I'm good. But, you know, back then, you know, because we're in, in a generation that didn't have all of these credit card laws that we do now, and you could make a minimum payment that didn't cover your interest for that month. So now you're paying interest on interest and then then you could be paying interest on interest and then on on over limit fees cuz it would push you up over your limit and and you weren't even making a dent in your debt back then and I remember I had an overwhelming amount but I thought it was cool because you know hey I'm a stockbroker I'm rocking it you know Gordon Gecko greed is good and I just thought that's the way all rich people lived is they maxed out their credit cards and perhaps they did but I didn't know that they paid them off every month I'm like no you know what was interesting was that you said what you um, just said about buying all those different things I grew up with everything and my parents paid off their American Express because they don't have credit cards every single month. And for me, it was just tons of credit cards. And if you have checks, you must have money. And uh, and I never thought about the outcome. I never thought about, um, you know, it was all, all about acquiring things. And in my 20s, like with most addiction, um, you do do things to take on some kind of pain, something that's missing. And they say that um, addiction, addiction is a bound. It's a Latin term that means you're enslaved by it. And I think that anyone who's suffered from addiction can understand that enslaving by it. Um, 
And with addiction comes that powerful influence in the brain where you crave for an option of addiction. You crave to go shopping. I, I mean, I have that man that comes into my office often and he says to me, three months ago I bought a new car, but when I buy the next one, now keep in mind his car is only three months old, I'm going to make sure that I get this, this, and this on it. So whatever you have is never good enough. So you're craving for that additional better piece when you're dealing with shopping addiction and, and you lose control over it. You, you know, your credit cards get too high. Um, you can't pay them. You're deciding to pay your credit cards and you're not paying your mortgage. Um, you can't afford that expensive car that you just leased because you can't buy it. Um, and you continue doing all of this, even though you know the consequences are bad, but you keep doing it. And it just has a bigger and bigger tolerance, much like drugs and alcohol, your tolerance gets greater and greater. So you keep buying more and more expensive things. Or you could even be a bargain shopper where you have to have more bargains. It's still that desire to leave everything that you have to leave, you have to do every single day to have that great escape. Drugs and alcohol, great escape. Shopping, great escape. Gambling, great escape. Sex, addiction, great escape. Love addiction, great escape. The exactly same thing. Your brain does the exactly same thing. Well, you know what I thought was interesting because we do brain-based financial literacy here on the radio show and we talk about the physiological effects that actually uh, govern our behavior and how it floats, you know, under the conscious level. And so that's why sometimes it's so hard to figure out what it is that we're doing or not doing. And you brought up a good point about the anticipation. And the anticipation is almost better than the actual addiction itself, whether it be that, that new dress or stuff, because after a while that, that it wears off, but it's the craving that we get hooked on, the physiological Absolutely. drive. The brain registers all pleasures in the same way. Whatever way that they come in, they can come in through drugs, they can come in through monetary reward, they can come in through sex, or even a satisfying meal. Uh, the brain you know, has that distinct place that it could just measure pleasure. It measures that pleasure, and with that release of dopamine, it just goes bang on that reward center, and, you know, you just get that immediate high. And there's so many different types of compulsive spending, and, I mean, the behaviors are the same. It is that same high and that same low that make, makes you have to go back to the mall, back to the car dealership, uh, back to the dollar store for more bargains. It is still the same thing. Your brain just, that dopamine center goes, yeah, that was fantastic. And it's just never enough. I know. <laughs> I know. I'll do well. I'm I know. Good. I'm pretty good about about uh, the addiction portion of it, and I've gotten much more disciplined and regimented in my behavior as I've gotten older. When we get back from the break, I want you to talk about the different types of uh, compulsive spending. Uh, you are listening to Chandra Bonfiglio on Unlock Your Wealth Radio with Heather Wagenhoff. And we'll be right back with more coming up after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. 
What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Looking to take your game to the next level? Maybe you're restless and not sure what to do next in your life? If networking to elevate yourself, looking for inspiration, or being somewhere in between relaxing and making it happen, then the Women of Change Cruise is for you. Join a team of elite women who will take your game to the next level or help you find your game while surrounding yourself with welcoming, accepting women who will affirm, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life starting now. Space is limited. Surf over now and be a part of women just like you who refuse to settle for less and are looking to get more out of this lifetime. The Women of Change Phenomenon. Leave your own mark on the world. For more information about the Women of Change cruise and upcoming events, please visit our website at womenofchange.org. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity. And I have one of my besties on, and she is an addiction counselor to boot, Chandra Bonfiglio, and we were having a conversation before the break about spending addiction, and you mentioned the different types, or that, that there are different types of spending addictions. Can you kind of go through those with us? Absolutely. Um, there's several different types of spending addictions. Uh, there are the compulsive shoppers, the ones that they make movies about, you, the types of people who shop to distract their feelings. When the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. How many times have we seen that on a license plate holder? People are compulsive shoppers so they can stop the pain. Uh, if you ask a compulsive shopper that comes into my office how many hours a day they shop, uh, they were just shocked by how many hours a day they shop. When they get up, they go through their email, they look at all of the different discounts and all the different coupons that were emailed to them. So before they even go to work, they look at all the different things that they can purchase online with all their discounts. At lunchtime, they'll tell you they go back online or they leave the office to do a little shopping. When work is done, then they go out and they hit their mall till the mall closes, and then they think, geez, I better stop at Walmart on my way home. So they 
have a tendency to lose themselves in the shopping process all day long so they don't have to do the things that they need to do because there's all of that pain associated with something, whether it's going home because they're going home alone or whether it's just escaping. And a compulsive shopper is all about escaping. And then, Heather, you and I know these shoppers, the trophy shoppers. They find the perfect accessory for every single outfit. Okay, how many times have you and I been labeled the trophy shopper? In your case, the trophy wife, my dear, beautiful Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but my husband is the one who adorns me, fortunately, so I don't have to spend my money on clothes anymore. Yes, well, you're very lucky, and he is a wonderful man, and you are very, very blessed. But those trophy shoppers, they want the best. They want the high-class items. They want the big names. And as I said to you, it was my example of me in my 20s. It was the one Chanel handbag and the one martini on Friday after work, and by 7, my paycheck was gone. And you better not Uh, wear that purse out of season either. Exactly. Well, it's black. It goes any time. Um, but the, uh, it's, you know, it's that payday already knowing where you're going to spend your money. And, you know, always wanting the best. That's it. And you'll do whatever you need to do to get the best. And then there's those image shoppers. You and I, everybody knows them. That person when you all go out to dinner and there's 10 people at the table and they say, don't worry, I've got it, and they pick up the whole tab. So it just doesn't have to be about buying stuff. Sometimes it's about buying your friends because you want to keep up that image of I'm the successful one. I'm the one who can afford to take all of you out. And, you know, image shoppers are always the ones that drive the nicest, most expensive cars. They want highly visible things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually the life of the party also. I think that that's where a lot of celebrities and athletes get into trouble. They have their friends from childhood that say, don't forget where you came from. So now it's almost like even if they didn't want to be an image shopper, that they're kind of cornered or backed into it from past relationships that kind of put them in that position. Absolutely. And, you know, they also have that feeling of I've been so successful and my friends haven't. So, you know, they they have that guilt that they carry with them, too. And you probably know the statistic, but uh, they say that professional athletes, if they do not have a really good financial advisor, two years after they've stopped playing their sport, they go into bankruptcy. Yeah, if they even make it that far. Right. And so, you know, they're so busy trying to keep the image up, trying to stay out of that guilt place because they've been so successful also. You're very, very right. And then, you know, there's your bargain shoppers. They buy stuff they don't need just because it's a good deal. And I had one of those experiences this weekend. I went over to uh, Tuesday morning because somebody told me that they had 75% off 1,000 thread sheets on sale. So I'm like, well, let me go check these out. And I went to the store looking for one thing. I wanted to check out these 1,000 thread sheets Mm -hmm. that were 75% off. Well, there was a couple that was in the bargaining room, and I overheard them. It was a, everything was marked down in this one room at Tuesday morning. And I started to giggle because there was a couple that said, oh, my gosh, there's three napkins. They're such a bargain. They're 99 cents. And the wife says, but we have four people in our family. But they're a really good deal, so they threw it in their cart, even though they'll probably never use them because they don't have a set, but they were a really good deal. 
And then they went to the next if, aisle. If, if that wasn't a married couple, then I would say that was my mother there because she did Oh, there you go. Um, and, and then they went to another aisle. And, and because I'm an addiction counselor, sometimes I just like to hear the conversations. Oh, yeah, went, observe. Exactly. So they went to the other aisle, and they found these blue towels. I have to admit, they were the ugliest blue towels I think I've ever seen. But they found these blue towels, and they were such a bargain. And the husband said, wow, you remember how we said we thought we might change the paint color in the bathroom to blue? And she said, yeah, we may do that. And he said, well, we better buy these towels just in case we do. Oh, so he's just as guilty. His hands are dirtier than hers. Absolutely. It's kind of like when you go to the store and you go to that rack where everything's 75% off and you put on that dress that's, you know, two sizes too small and you think, well, one day I might wear it, so I better buy it because 75% off and it sits in the closet and it sits in the closet and it never gets worn. Exactly same thing. So if they don't paint that bathroom blue, it's just going to sit and sit and sit. Yeah, or it's just going to encourage them to go out and paint that bathroom blue, whether or not they can afford it, so it can match the towels. It's kind of a, a cart before the horse sort of thing. That totally reminds me of, of the money management concepts that I was taught growing up, which are very different from yours because we didn't have any money. But if something was on sale or it was a bargain, you were morally obligated to acquire that item. It didn't matter if you would ever use it. I mean, maybe I would paint the bathroom, but who cares? Even if I didn't, I should still have these blue towels would be the mentality. If I had 20 already back at home, still in original packaging, I should probably still get this item because it's a bargain. And, Absolutely. And, and, and if I have to spend, you know, $30 in gas to save $5 on towels, gosh darn it, I better make that happen. And my mom's like a hoarder. I should, I should pitch her for that TV show. Well, I, I see a ton of it, and people bargain shop at all different levels because what's a bargain to someone would be something at the dollar store or a bargain to someone else may be something at a sports store or at the golf club. You know, they just keep acquiring that bargain, whatever in their mind is a bargain. Oh, yeah, it's completely subjective. Absolutely. And then we, you and I know these other shoppers. They're the codependent shoppers. They shop to gain love and approval. They're your gift givers. How many times have you had people that have just bought you these gifts out of the blue and you're like, whoa, I mean, thank you so much. You know, uh, they have that, what I call the I love you gifts because of their insecurity. So even though you say to them, you're my wonderful friend, thank you so much for your friendship, that's still not enough for them. They have that. They have to show you how much they love and care about you. So in their mind, they think I can spend all of this money because I'm giving it to somebody that I love. Right. Instead it doesn't of, count if I don't keep it. Exactly. It's I'm giving it away to someone who's very good to me, and I want them to see how much um, I love them. That's why I have so many freaking tchotchkes. Because everything from all my friends and, and people who are codependent shoppers, they just like, oh, you know, I wanted to get you this, 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 and this. And I'm like, oh, thank you, but you said that we were going to get together and celebrate my birthday. It didn't have to have a gift, but they always feel as though they have to buy you something mm -hmm. because their love is not enough in their, in their mind because they're insecure. Yeah. And uh, I guess every time you get a new gift, you're like, oh, there's somebody that fell off the wagon. We need to get you back in. <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, 
Then you have your bulimic shoppers. We've all had these in oh. our lives. You're buy and return, buy and return. It's, you know, the brain does the same thing as bulimia when you're with your bulimic shoppers. So have you been to the store and you're like, I just have to run in and get one thing. You run in and get one thing and there's the person in front of you with the seven receipts and piles of product on the counter and they're trying to return all stuff. So it's that back and forth and back and forth. Well, let me look at, you know, this receipt and that receipt and this receipt because they have to shop and then they have to return. So I'm sure you've had that experience too. And that's the one that I don't get. Like, why would you, why would you even get the item if you're never going to use it? I mean, to take it back, just to take it back. It's just part of the escape process. You know, it's, uh, I'm going to buy everything that I possibly can at this store, and then I'm going to decide what I want to keep and what I don't want to keep. And oftentimes, you see that bulimic shopper return every single thing except for one thing that was on those seven receipts. Because sometimes they just get that guilt feeling also when they get home and they realize I can't afford anything. So they're the ones who go back, and then they usually, at that same trip, buy ten more things. It's just part of the process for them. So, and then there's, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 go ahead, keep going. Let's get our list out first because it's a question that's going to take you in another direction. And then there's the collector shoppers. They have to complete all of the sets of everything. They have to have all of the different ones, the different colors, the same style of clothing. For instance, the woman who has to have all of the Christmas villages for their Christmas display. Mm-hmm. Or the person that goes in to buy a pair of shoes, they like the shoes, so they say, I want them in every color, or I love these pants, what other colors do I come in, because I'm just gonna buy all of them. Because they just have to collect the whole set. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd be incomplete if you didn't. Well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Heather. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, about all these different types of shoppers. And I'm certain that our listeners are probably going, oh, they named me, or oh, they named my friend. Because if if it's as prevalent as 9%, or almost 9% of our population, then, you know, one in every 10 people you know is going to have this problem. And maybe more if you're one of those people, because birds of a feather flock together. And so we've got all these different types of, of personalities coming together with these spending addictions. Is it, What's the answer to um, coming to terms with it? Because, you know, ideally, until we accept the fact that we have a problem, we can't make a move to correct it. So, so how do we come to terms with this? At what point do we say, okay, enough's enough and I need to make a change? Well, I like to start with just a standard shopping addiction test. So I like people to go over just the basics and ask themselves the basic questions. Um, You know, do you buy things that you want for the moment and you know that you don't have the capability to pay for it at all? Um, Are you a person that has a really difficult time saving money? You know, people do not think saving money is sexy, but buying a new pair of shoes is today. Um, No question. And... uh, you know, when you have extra money, what do you do with it? Do you save or do you buy something else? Uh, I always ask them, does shopping cheer yourself up? Is there a reward in going, for sh- going shopping? Not so much that you need something. It's a reward mechanism for people today. And if it's a reward mechanism, you really have to think about that. Uh, and the other one, I know this one will just blow your mind. Uh, does a third of your income go to pay credit card bills 
And that third, does it not include your rent or your mortgage? I mean, that's a huge amount of money. Absolutely. Have you had to move credit lines because you typically don't have any money to pay off your your credit? Yeah, so you just go get another balance transfer card. Absolutely. Are you a minimum balance payer on your credit cards? There you go. Are you inclined to keep buying more of your favorite things? Clothes, makeup, books, computers, electronic gadgets. That's a really big one. I see a lot of men that they, you know, they got the iPhone six months ago. The new one's out. They don't really know how to use the last one, but they hey, want hey, the hey, new one. Hey, hey, slow down there because I just <laughs> ordered the new Note 3 with the watch that goes with it. So you're treading on uh, <laughs> dangerous Technology <territory>. addiction. <laughs> That's me. Mm-hmm. I gotta have. I'm gadget girl. I gotta have all the cool tools. So there are a lot of cool tools out there. A lot of stuff to buy. And can you just not say no to yourself? I mean, can you just you, your compulsive activity is so great you can't say no. If you ask, answer yes to one of those things, you have to examine your behaviors and your shopping ways mm-hmm. because it's going to prevent you from finding true success, true freedom. All of this debt, all it does is weigh you down. Mm-hmm. It's just people who have money issues and compulsive spending, the number one they think about, number one thing they think about is money because it controls their faith and it controls their future. And if they're failing miserably at paying their bills, they're failing in getting to the next place in their life. They don't have any peace in their life. You know, they're just continuously, continuously going for that next hit, no different than, you know, cocaine on the brain to take themselves out of the pain that they're in. And they're digging the hole deeper and deeper and not seeing that that deeper and deeper hole is just the great pain of the whole process. So what's, so asked, what's ahead, the next Heather. step? What's the next step then if, if I did answer yes to one or more of these questions, what's my next step? Well, much like any addiction, in the addiction world, we have this term, PPT, I call it, people, places, and things. So I tell people we got to avoid those people, places, and things that tempt you to shop and spend. No different than an alcoholic not going to a bar. If you have a shopping addiction, you are not going to go to the mall. You're not going to cruise the mall. You're going to stay away from that. Um, I suggest to people that they cut up their plastic, you know, rip up those credit cards, and rip up all the new applications that come in for credit, go to the basics. Pay with cash. I mean, even though when you go somewhere to pay with cash, they're often shocked, but pay with cash. Mm -hmm. Um, I do this all the time. I make a list before I go to the store. I make a list if I need to go to the mall. I make a list if I need to go to Whole Foods. I make a list for everything. And that controls my spending. That still doesn't mean that I don't look at something that's on sale or something that may be an asset, but I usually go to the mall or I go to the store buy exactly what I need. That allows me to control my spending, and by controlling my spending, I have more opportunity to do things that I really want to do. Um, And I also tell people to wait a good period of time before they make that impulsive purchase. You know, you see those people who go to check out that car that they're thinking about buying and they leave the dealership with that car that they're thinking about buying. Mm-hmm. And it happens more and more and more, especially when you're in that addictive phase. 
Well, because I'm going to look good in it and I'm going to get more chicks. So that's why I got to get this car. Absolutely. And I got to get it with all the accessories because girls aren't going to like me unless I have like the AM, FM deck with the serious radio and the 2000 woofers in the back seat and all that. Absolutely. And it's the simple things. I, I still do this all the time. I ask myself, do I need this or do I just want it? And I also ask myself if I'm going clothes shopping because clothes and shoes and all of those kind of things are my gigantic trigger. I always ask myself, is it better than what I have in my closet? And if I answer no, then there's no reason to take it home. That's great advice. Now, I want to switch gears a minute with you because... Uh, well, first we've been talking about spending and now we want to talk about making people spend. But let's talk about this movement that we've kind of started uh, with Women of Change and what we're doing with our inaugural cruise coming up in January. Uh, what, what, tell everybody what Women of Change is and, and what kind of what our mission is and what we're doing with it. Thanks, Heather. Women of Change is an amazing, amazing project, and I'm so grateful that so many fantastic women have come together. You've come to the table. Melissa Thornburg from Sorbonne Way has come to the table. A lot of different people in the health, financial world, the counseling world have all come together. They're all leaders in their walk, and we're coming together to start this movement called Movement, Women of Change Movement. It's an educational retreat program that we're going to be doing four times a year, plus we're going to have online educational components, too, that help women become the great leaders that they are already in the process of becoming. It's an opportunity for us to all come together, learn from each other, and grow and build an incredible network throughout the country and eventually throughout the world. So let's talk about what we've got planned for this upcoming cruise. If if someone wanted to go to one of these personal development workshops, uh, what's it going to be like for the individual? Well, this one's going to be fantastic. We are leaving on January 24th, returning on January 28th out of Los Angeles on Princess Cruises. We are going to be having lots of fun, and it will only be women that we will be together with. And um, we're going to have educational seminars while we're there on wonderful topics, everything from uh, your great love life to your health to integrated care to your financials. We're going to be having wonderful times for us to enjoy each other's company. We're going to talk about different causes and what it really means to give back to the community today. I'm so excited that you asked me to be a part of the Women of Change movement. And I'm just so thrilled that we have all these awesome projects on the table. If folks are interested in learning more about Women of Change or if they think that they may have an addiction and might need some help, how can folks get a hold of you for counseling and coaching? Thank you so much. They can go on my website, www.chandra.net. And there's a lot of different information there about all of our different programs and also the information on Women of Change. We will be releasing more and more information, so make sure that you sign up for our newsletter. And please come. We're looking for people who want to find peace, want to find change, and want to lead in the next coming years. Because this is a time for women to really 
move to a new level. It's our time, definitely. And this is about looking in the mirror every single day and being able to say to yourself, it's my time. And we want women to feel like it's my time so that they can do great things. Well, it definitely is our time, and I'm looking so forward to participating. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can visit Chandra's show page and find the linky links to Women of Change and all of her great counseling services she provides. Stay tuned. We have so much more coming up on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That whole free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Looking to take your game to the next level? Maybe you're restless and not sure what to do next in your life? If networking to elevate yourself, looking for inspiration, or being somewhere in between relaxing and making it happen, then the Women of Change Cruise is for you. Join a team of elite women who will take your game to the next level or help you find your game while surrounding yourself with welcoming, accepting women who will affirm, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life starting now. Space is limited. Surf over now and be a part of women just like you who refuse to settle for less and are looking to get more out of this lifetime. The Women of Change Phenomenon. Leave your own mark on the world. For more information about the Women of Change cruise and upcoming events, please visit our website at womenofchange.org. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, Heather Wagon Halls, your purveyor of prosperity. And it is that time again for our Keys to Riches. And our Unlock Your Wealth protege is off this week, and we will revisit with her next week as we learn how she is progressing through her financial literacy program. This week's key is hope for the best, plan for the worst. Now, for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome to the broadcast. 
The Keys to Riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that not only teach you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money, it also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. So this week's key is hope for the best, plan for the worst. And the reason why this key is so important is because we talk about the brain and how it functions all the time and and what gets in the way of effective decision making. And our number one paralyzer is fear. And fear will stop us dead in our tracks. So you've got you've got fight, freeze, or flee. And sometimes we get stuck in the freeze. We get paralyzed or we run, we flee, but we free, we flee from the actual event itself and never address it. And that creates significant consequences for it. We can't generate the outcomes we truly desire if we are running from our problems because what we resist persists. The only way to move forward is to address what it is that we're afraid of. We're only born with two fears. That is the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else is a learned fear. Now, some of the fears that we learn, those are great. Like, don't touch the hot stove or you'll burn your hand. That makes sense, okay? But now we have some irrational fears. I had one myself. I got into a car accident when I was 17, making a left-hand turn. And I was so afraid of getting into another accident, making a left-hand turn, that I would make, I would go past the street I wanted and make three right-hand turns so I didn't have to make that left-hand turn because I was so afraid of getting wiped out again. And that added so much time and so much wear and tear on my car and travel. And finally, I just said, you know what, what is the likelihood of that happening again? And when I actually looked at it objectively, I knew that this fear was irrational. And it wasn't helping me initially. It kept me hypervigilant. But years later, it's like, what, what is this really doing for me? It's nothing. It's wasting my time. And so the value I got out of that fear, actually, over time, it diminished. And then it became a detriment to me. And that's what happens to us is we get paralyzed. And we don't want to think about things that could financially destroy us or change things. Now, what we need to do is face our fears. That's the only way that we can ever overcome them. And another thing that we want to do is we want to face our fears and not just overcome them, but we need to, because of the way the brain is set up, rehearse strategies so we can keep from making those poor choices again. Okay. And when we get emotionally engaged into this, in the subject, and we're going to talk about some pretty big financial fears here coming up. This isn't just about impulse spending, but when we talk about financial fears and, uh, one of the things that happens when we engage our emotions, we have a big hormone dump. And what do we know about the brain? Well, when we dump adrenaline, it shuts off blood flow to our logic brain. And we can't even make logic decisions if we want to because it's pushing blood to our extremities so we can either fight or run away. 
And so when that happens, we can't be rational and reasonable. And when our logic brain that can think us out of a situation can't function, we can only default to our training. There's no such thing as rising to the occasion. It's a complete default to the training. And so here's what you need to address instead of saying, I'm not going to think about that you know, because I want to stay focused on things. You know, I don't want to think about negative things because I'll bring them about. But what we want to do is we want to address what would happen if, and here are some financial fears you need to look at. Job loss, unexpected pregnancy, death of an income-producing spouse, having a child diagnosed as special needs, uh, having to take on the care of an indigent parent. What if your income-producing spouse has a disability? What happens when we have these financial plans come out. I remember having a conversation with my editor about this when we were going through this section of the book, Cracking Your Money Code, and uh, we were talking about the care of an indigent parent. And he said, absolutely no way is my mother-in-law moving in. And I said, is that a plan that you and your wife generated together? Or is that what you're going to tell her when you go to impose her will when she's sad that her parent has Alzheimer or, dis- or, or dementia? And he just looked at me like a deer in the headlights. And I caught him off guard with this. And it's, it's true. We, you know, we think we know what we would do. And like, okay, so, you know, it might be the realistic thing to do. Because your wife probably doesn't want to take care of her mother either. But if you come at her while she's having a hormone dump of, oh, my God, my mom's been diagnosed and i got to take care of her, and you come at her uh, with your ultimatum and, and you just legislate you know, from on high without actually having an intellectual debate about it, she's obviously going to force the issue and she's going to respond because every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And so she's going to say, oh, yes, yeah, she is, and that might not even be what she wants to have, you know, her mother come and live with her. But she's going to be responding to you, and it's only because her natural instinct is going to kick in when her brain can't be logical, saying, yeah, honey, I know you're right. Of course not. She can't be logical when she's upset about her mom. So she's going to fight you on that. So these are things that we have to think about. We have to sit down, and and we have to figure out what is going to be the best course of option, uh, course of action. And we have to do this when we're not emotionally engaged in it. So the way we can create a plan, because now we know what can happen without a plan, you know, and so he was like, nuts, I'm going to have to go have this conversation. And I'm like, yeah, most people don't think about it. They talk about like life insurance, what to pass on to their kids, but, you know, simple things like that, you know, it's not so much who dies, you know, that creates financial ramifications too, but it's like who gets, um, uh, uh, who gets disabled or impaired to the ability that they're still around but can't contribute to offset their expense? How are you going to handle that? What is your plan? And people say, I don't want to think about that. And of course we don't. I mean, why would you want to think about you having to live next to your spouse, the person that that you love with all your heart, and they've had a stroke or they've been in a car accident and now they've got some sort of disability and your life is forever altered and and, and, and you don't even know because maybe you can't communicate. Maybe the stroke impaired their ability to communicate or maybe, you know, they had a brain injury or something. You just never know. But you, but you want to have the opportunity to say 
you know, what it is that you feel and, and where you want to go and be able to create a course of action that's good for both parties. So how to create that? First, we have to be calm about it. So if you are not calm, do not talk about these types of things. Second, um, if you are not calm and can't talk about these things and can't bring it up, set an appointment and have that appointment in a neutral location. And before imposing your will, have a brainstorm about it. Think about every aspect. Look at everybody's idea. Even if you think it sucks and you would never do it in a million years, walk it through, explore the outcome, say, okay, so let's look at how this would go down and explore it, not just what you would do throughout the traumatic event, but what is the outcome that it generates and let the other person discard that idea and then you don't have to be the bad guy. How great is that? It's a win-win. So you let your wife figure out while you're having this mutual brainstorm that her mother-in-law needs to go, her mother needs to go somewhere else because you don't want her around. And she'll realize that the amount of care and how much care and, and the time involved and the cost involved is cost prohibitive and it doesn't make sense for your life. And let her come to that decision on her own and you still win because guess what? You don't have a mother-in-law around and that's your goal, but now you don't have to be the jerk. You know, you can help explore it, you know, and, and everybody can get, get to express themselves and feel like they made a difference. So that's what's really important. Now, after we work out each possible scenario to its outcome, now we want to call them for the best one or two because the brain always likes options. So then once we decide on one or two, we need to rehearse the scenario. It sounds silly, but you want to role play it. Imagine you getting that phone call. Imagine something's wrong or you have an unexpected pregnancy and you already have four kids as it is and you get that phone call. So you want to be able to plan and rehearse the outcome and rehearse your chosen behaviors so you have it in because once again, when the hormones start dumping, it won't be an option for you because you can't access your logic brain and create it on the fly. So it's just like a fire drill. You know, you practice your fire drills how many times? Why do you think you do that? You're like, I already know when the bell rings, I got to walk out. But they make you do it. Why? Because they're trying to create muscle memory because they need to get it into your first and second brain, your survival brain and your emotional brain. So it happens on autopilot. You know, so many people in the World Trade Center died because they really thought it was just another drill. You know, that didn't have to happen. And these financial crises and potential marital and family turmoil doesn't have to happen if you address those financial concerns up front. So that's it for this week's key for your key statement, key affirmation, and key commitment. Please visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members-only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt, and have more money and happiness, do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com, where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom now. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio, I'm Heather Wagonhall. Go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhall from the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.